Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we welcome you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will be concluding a message my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, delivered as part of his series on Heavenly Authority. In this sermon, he is addressing the gifts of prophecy and tongues in the church, drawing from 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And when we left off, Pastor had read verse 23, where Paul writes, But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. And he went to the Lord's parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8 to better explain what Paul is saying. Let's pick up at the end of that parable. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears, ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, if you look in, you don't have to look at it now, but Mark chapter 4 verse 10 says, when he was alone, those around with the 12 asked him. He's alone with them. He's away from the multitude. Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God, and he goes on to explain it. I'm sure we're all familiar with it. The multitude, the crowd, the unbelievers that won't come in. A lot of people came, they want the miracles. Some came to hear the truth, and if they didn't understand what was being said, they were going to continue following him until they understood it, right? And they would be included then in that group of disciples to whom he told the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Others might have said, what is he talking about? Seed and ground and plants. We just want a healing here. Hurry it up, right? And to those he speaks in parables, to the multitude, to the crowd, to the unbelievers, he speaks in parables, seeing that they may not see. They see the Messiah, but they don't see him hearing that they may not understand. They hear him, but they don't understand it. And that's purposeful. There's all the intricacies of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, and they're meant for the believer. They're meant for the believer. For others, it's nonsense. It's as the men speaking on the day of Pentecost and the others say, well, they're drunk. They will not hear it. They will not receive it. The desire of Jesus is to tell us plainly that we, his children, might have full understanding. Once we've accepted the clear gospel preaching by the Holy Spirit and we come to him, he wants our eyes to see. He wants our ears to hear. He wants us to understand. And what might have been just confusion to us before we're saved, once we're saved, we read the scriptures and we have understanding. We pray in the Spirit, and we have revelation. Revelation, the Scriptures become clear. We're no longer part of the outside crowd, the multitude. We're alone with Messiah. 
he desires. To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You ought to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and prophecy in the New Testament. The purpose of prophecy in the New Testament is part of that for the church's growth, that we would have understanding, that we would have knowledge knowledge of our situations, that we would be rebuked when we needed to be rebuked, that we would be confident when we needed to be confident, that we would understand where to go, where not to go. He wants us, his children, to know, and the gift of prophecy is part of that in the New Testament. Prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Now, later on in verse 23, we read about the unbeliever, and how prophecy is important to them. And you say, well, wait a second. I thought the prophecy was for the believer, not the unbeliever. Let's read that scripture. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed. That word uninformed means unlearned, untrained, do not understand. They don't have full understanding. Or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed, unlearned, untrained person comes in, comes in, comes in to the assembly, right? Comes in. He is convinced by all. He is convicted. He is judged. Some of your translations will say he is scrutinized by all. There's a difference here because the unbeliever is coming in to the assembly. This is not out there preaching to the multitude, like the sign of Pentecost, the multitude saw the tongues right, being spoken. This is inside alone. When somebody comes into the church, it's usually being orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Many times church members will bring in loved ones, bring in friends, right? This is the time that God is reaching out. There's a step of faith when a person as an unbeliever walks into and obviously we're not talking about troublemakers coming in to cause trouble, but when a, a sincere searcher, an unbeliever, doesn't know, gets themselves into a church, they're seeking. That's a step of faith, isn't it? They want to find out the truth. This is different than the outside crowd and multitude. This person is coming in to the kingdom. They're coming in, and if they come in, you're in the place where the mysteries of God are proclaimed. And then they can't understand it. They're going to say, well, they're out of their mind. If they said they were out of their mind when the words could be understood at Pentecost, right, how much more if they come in and they all have the same language, right, the church at Ephesus, the church at Smyrna, they're all speaking the same language. They come in and they don't understand what all these people trying to impress each other by speaking in tongues. That's what Paul's saying. Prophecy is for believers and a corollary of that, unbelievers that are trying to come into the kingdom. You don't want to bar the door by having them not understand. But if you want a gift to fall on the congregation, pray the gift of prophecy falls and words understood are spoken. And what does he say here in verse 25? And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. There's a difference, a difference here. This is a special place of holiness. The assembly is supposed to be a special place of holiness. The meeting of the saints should be a place where the Spirit of God falls and convicts. 
and the mysteries of God are proclaimed. The mysteries of this person's heart are revealed by the prophecy. So is this quenching the Holy Spirit? No. This is allowing the Spirit of God to work, because if everyone's speaking in tongues, those prophets that have an anointing to speak a word to convict this person will not have the chance to speak. Controlled power, balanced in the truth, the power of God, the creative power of God, focused. Prophecy does what the tongues cannot, unless, unless, as we've studied, the tongues are interpreted, right? And it's the same thing then, right? Now, one speaks in tongue, one interprets, and the fellow hears the secrets of his heart being revealed, and the same results. So there has to be the interpretation. Or there's a rare occasion where there'll be a speaking in tongues, there's no interpretation, but the person that came in could be of that language. The Holy Spirit knows it, and he finds that self-controlled prophet in the assembly who knows when it's time to speak, and they speak, or the person with the gift of tongues, I should say, to speak, and they speak, and then that person still has understanding, right? Because it is their language. We heard a case about that uh, in a church in this area many years ago where there was a tongue spoken. It was a Chinese tongue. No one had the interpretation. Everyone's looking like, gee, there was no interpretation. Something's wrong. And then there was a man in the back that came up and said, that was my native dialect that he was speaking. And God convicted me and tears were coming down his eyes because he knew that these believers did not know his particular dialect over in China. That's, that's, a, that's a rare instance. Most of the time, people that you're bringing in speak the same language as you. Notice the end result of prophecy. The secrets of his heart are revealed. And falling down on his face, he will worship God. That's the result, the desired result of the prophecy. So prophecy is for edifying the church. We studied that for several weeks. And prophecy is for convicting sinners coming into, at that point of decision, coming into the service. But it's not to get great mysteries revealed that you take and you throw out to the crowd, the multitudes, because then it becomes throwing pearls to swine. Again, there's a, there's a limit. There's a boundary. And so, if that's the case for prophecy, that is the case of the gifts of the Spirit, all the gifts of the Spirit in the assembly edifying the church and convicting sinners coming into the service, coming into the assembly. And tongues, while it is a powerful tool for the individual in their communication with God, and while it's a powerful sign when it happens before a linguistically knowledgeable crowd as at Pentecost, it does not easily meet those two essential elements of the assembly unless interpreted or unless someone comes in of that particular tongue. Uh, now, a number of questions come up with all this. Why do we experience the gifts of the Holy? It comes from the Holy Spirit tongues. Why would you experience? Why would people in the congregation experience the Holy Spirit, the tongues, and yet Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writes the Scripture, giving us guidance when and how to speak, and many times not to speak. And we'll see in the assembly later on in the study that even prophecies become regulated, right? He's going to say, how many can prophesy? So why do you have this experience in the Holy Spirit in the first place if you're not supposed to always use it? It's a good question, right? Um, and how do we then know when we should speak? 
When is the time to speak in the assembly? And just who is in control of these gifts? The Holy Spirit's giving them. Does the, does the person have any control over it? If Paul is telling us that we shouldn't do something that they're doing and they're feeling the Spirit on, they're feeling the flow of the Holy Spirit, these are important questions about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the assembly, and Lord willing, we'll address them the next time. Heavenly Father, we just pray today that you would work your creative work in your church. You would form, Father, even as you form the cells in our body and speak life to them and your power and your energy to them. Father, speak life to our churches throughout this world that we would form a unified body, Lord God, each in its own place, each having its function, Father God, with knowledgeable usage of your gifts and your power, not a foolish, reckless use of your power, Father, but a directed, designed, focused display of your Holy Spirit's anointing, Lord God, that believers would be running in the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can rehear this message, as well as hundreds of other radio Bible teachings, on our website at shiarjashub.org. You'll also find information about our church and Pastor Greg Scalzo, including a link to information about his award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer. Our Sunday message is live-streamed on the Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel at 10.30 a.m. Pastor Greg is currently teaching on Last Day Events. You can search YouTube to get to the channel or use the link we have placed on the www.shiarjashub.org website.